0: My mouth is still a little numb from going to the dentist. Are you numb? And I just completely missed my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I just went down my old shirt. Aww. So sorry about that, guys. Not a cute look. Are you in the crop top? No, it's not a crop top. It's my mesh. Can't see your
1: nipples pucking through, but you know, up close and personal is a good shot. It's Pride Month. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Holy Spirits, the show where we're not going to heaven, but you might be. My name's Mike. I'm Tara. I'm Heather. And today's Holy Spirit is a beautiful mishmash of things that make us feel luxurious, sexy, and attractive. I'm drinking a gin and soda, personally. I don't know why that makes me feel any of those things, except that this is like really, really nice. I guess it's not a soda, it's mineral water. But Cheryl gave it to me, my neighbor gave it to me, so it's beautiful. Do-
0: stuff.
1: Does it have a twist? It needs to have a twist. I mean, a are you just twist. drinking it straight? I just, Yeah, what's up?
2: It's got gin and mineral water. <laughs> it's what got you gin
1: and mineral Do you have a twist?
2: No.
0: Literally, you have I'm no gay. flavoring to that at all?
2: The mineral water has, like, lime flavoring in it.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. 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 Should have led with that. You need to lead with
1: that. But,
2: I mean, I would drink it straight because I'm a
0: basic bitch. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it freaks me out a little. I have to have at least. When I go to the bar and order like a gin and tonic, I am like, and a handful of limes, please. And I'm just like... A bowl full. Yeah. I, just,
1: like, I can run
2: downstairs and get a twist, you guys. It's fine.
0: No.
1: I would really appreciate it if you would go get yourself
0: a twist. I'm doing Cherry 7-Up with gin, which is basically a cherry limeade with gin.
2: That sounds terrible.
0: Really? It's fantastic. That it sounds
1: good.
2: I mean, cherry and gin, I guess I'm just not convinced. Okay, what do you got, Heather?
1: Mine's pretty good. It, it's not gin, but... Oh,
0: yeah, it's so pretty. Pull it up. Pull it up oh, again. <laughs> okay. Oh, Mike, okay. you're not in it. Oh, That's fine. I don't want to be in it. <laughs> well, I just took a picture of you scoffing at me.
1: <laughs> I thought you were... Okay, doesn't matter. It's not important. So, my son, Max, got a part-time gig at the local liquor store. <laughs> we can walk to it. It's in the village. And so, I was on a walk, you know, stopped in, say, hey, <laughs> and see what they had. And they had, like, these frozen drinks in the freezer. And all you had to do was grab it and, like, squish it, you know, and it becomes like a slushy. I can't remember what kind I got, but it's pink. It's really pretty pink. And... um but I added some Malibu rum to it and some Sprite and I'm drinking it with these really pretty little paper
0: straws. So it's really good.
2: I mean, it looks good, but I'm not sold on that one either.
0: Why? I don't know. She's all defensive. Why? Like a, wi- nice.
2: a wine slushy it's, in Malibu. It's,
1: it's not wine. It's not a wine slushy. It's like a, it's like a Bahama mama slushy type. Mm. It's a tropical slushy drink, you know, okay put some more malibu rum in it some sprite look
0: how pretty that is it is it
2: is very pretty and the straws like really add a lot i will say
0: right Mm -hmm. i will say that that is the decorative touch that you always seem to a little flare (laughs) a little something something drink out of the same cup like every time (laughs) we record
2: you can find the show wherever you listen be that apple Podcasts, spotify google play all kinds of places. We are everywhere now. We are a worldwide phenomenon. I am Lady Gaga dropping into a Super Bowl stadium. Was that okay? Wow. That Honestly, was amazing. I got
0: eyelash extensions, Mike, and you haven't mentioned it once. And if anybody is Lady Gaga, how can you not
1: notice those things?
0: <laughs> they are literally bringing a tornado to your house every time I blink. I mean, they are going to poke you in the eye through the <laughs> monitor. They're like massive. They do look. Beautiful. I love them. I adore them. The point is, is that if anyone's fucking Lady Gaga out of the three of us right now, it is me. <laughs>
2: today we are talking about the story of Joseph. We are also going to be talking about Donnie Osmond. it's gonna be a mess. Let's fucking rock and roll <laughs> yeah. I thought that we could start by just kind of touching on the pop culture before we find our place in the story. So we we mentioned last time that Joseph, Moses and Jesus are the three big stories that everybody knows and it's because there are three musicals about them right? The, uh, the Prince of Egypt and Godspell about Moses and Jesus and uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat about Joseph famously starring Donnie Osmond. And uh, I, I thought that I'd bring that up because my cousin actually sent me screenshots of her daughter's book that has like the Joseph story. And so that, you know, it's like kids learn about the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And this is the most, one of the most told stories in the Bible And it gets watered down a lot, and a lot of the stuff gets kind of distorted, where, you know, being sold into slavery gets really underrated, and the conclusion of the story is really weird. Like, this is um, a story that's very frequently taken out of context, and it is really interesting, and it is a very good story, in my opinion, but it's one to watch for. Uh, Okay, so... Would either of you care to tell us what is going on with Joseph right now, where we are in the story?
0: They tried to kill him. Oh, yeah. Is he out of the well? He's out of the well. he got sold to Egypt. He got sold to Egypt. Mm
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got sold to a bunch of Ishmaelites who then might have sold him several times or just sold him directly to Egypt, but it doesn't matter. We are in Egypt at the uh, captain of Pharaoh's guard, a man named Potiphar.
0: Can we talk for a second? I don't feel like I addressed this in the last episode. Um, when he was in the well, all I can envision is him being the like the girl in the ring. Oh, the horror movie? <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrifying. I only saw The Ring once.
2: You'll have to walk me through it.
0: So the little girl, she gets, like, thrown into the well. Like, I think her mom kills her or something. I don't remember. Spoiler alert. They throw this little girl. She's, like, I don't know, 10 or so. Throws her into the well. She dies in the well. But then, like, she becomes, like, a ghost, like, type. Demon. Demon thing. But, like, she, like, contorts and, like, can climb out of the well. And, like, but her hair is all her face. So all I picture is, like, Joseph with his jacket. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <His jacket. laughs> like out of the well every was pretty pretty jacket <laughs> <laughs> i never knew about the well part of the story so all i picture is like that scene from the movie of this little girl crawling out but it'd be like joseph when it gets to the tv screen <laughs> <And> him- <laughs>
2: donny osmond in the ring
0: yeah oh yes
2: well and just to be clear he does not get out of it was a cistern not a well like he does not get out of it himself. They bring him out of it. They, they were using it as a refrigerator before they put him in the microwave of slavery.
0: That's right. I still like my version better. I do but... too. Can we
1: rewrite the story? Let's rewrite it.
2: I'll have a word with Genesis.
0: Thank you.
1: Okay. You know people.
2: So yeah, I have I have some contacts. So yes, Joseph has been sold, and he now belongs to the master of Pharaoh's guard, Potiphar. Pronounced as in "I have diarrhea," is the potty far? <laughs> sometimes I write jokes in advance, and sometimes I don't. A lot of my stuff is improvised. I wrote that one in advance. Potty
0: far. <laughs> the potty is so far, so far. Potty
2: I mean,
1: far. Perhaps
2: so. Potifar is short for Potifar, which is uh, it, it means pedophilia. He whom Ra has given. There is no pedophilia in this story, which does make it remarkable for the Bible. That's
1: that's a new new twist, no pedophilia I know. in our stories.
2: But yes, so it means he whom Ra has given Ra, of course, being the Egyptian god of the sun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't unmute fast enough to say that fact for you. Oh, I'm sorry, Tara. The god of the sun. Sorry, he's excited. She was busy
1: blowing her nose. I, know, I was trying to be respectful. <laughs>
2: So, God is with Joseph. So, things are going really, really well for him. The entire household is blessed because Joseph is there. God does very little in the story, which I think is super interesting. Um, But in terms of God's involvement, Joseph having really good luck and, like, being good at shit seems to be the extent of it. Which, you know, okay. So... Potiphar sees that Joseph is good, so he gives him more and more responsibility until he's running Potiphar's entire household. And Potiphar does not concern himself with anything except the food he eats. So he's living in the lap of luxury, darling.
0: Nice.
2: Doing very well.
0: Wait, th- he doesn't care about anything except for the food.
2: Yeah, because Joseph handles everything. Like he doesn't have to bother to do anything except the literal motion of lifting food. To
1: oh, his everything else. Got is fine you.
2: Yeah, so he's doing really well. He's living in a lap of luxury. Remember that Joseph is a slave throughout the ancient world, like century to century. As long as slavery exists, there are slaves that do really well with their masters, and the masters recognize that they are very capable. It does not mean that they're going to get freed or like treated well, but um, a really capable slave throughout history will have a lot of responsibility. That's pretty common.
1: So maybe... Best case scenario of being a slave. I mean, kind of. If there, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I wanted to talk about, actually, because I have a little, um, like a little slavery detour built in.
0: A slavery detour? How fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I okay. can't wait to ride that
1: ride. Yeah.
2: Okay, well, I'm sorry, you guys. but So.
1: <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> no, it's going to be amazing. I love your little detours. Don't apologize. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Anyway, so slavery detour. We talked about the excuses for racial slavery based on other passages. You know, when we talked about the Mark of Cain or this whole business with Ham, Canaan, and Noah. But I think that this is the first time that we really get a story that is told from a slave's perspective, uh, which kind of raises some questions about the institution of slavery in the ancient world. And again, talking about the pop culture of the Joseph story, I think that this kind of gets brought up in some uh, more modern ways where we think of slavery as bad and people who have slaves are bad. And uh, so Joseph, spoiler alert, does not stay in this position with Potiphar forever. And so I think that we, in our future view, tend to think of Joseph breaking out of slavery as like part of the progress of the story. It's like he's not a slave anymore. Therefore, slavery is beaten. Like, yay, that's the win. Um, that's really not the way that they would have thought about it like in historical times the story does not in any way condemn slavery and it's kind of implied that there's like a good slave good master relationship if things go smoothly so I would kind of compare it to a 1950s marriage where it's like the man has all the power and he has all the wealth and he controls you know what you do with your body and stuff but you know, if you, as a woman, like, are a good wife, if you put out enough, if you clean the house enough, then he won't beat you, he'll be happy, you'll be happy. Like, if you settle for your lot in life, then it's a harmonious relationship. It doesn't mean that it's not a terrible institution, but that's the most harmonious relationship you can have, and therefore that's what people should be striving for. That's kind of the way that they're thinking about this, if that makes sense.
1: I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally.
2: So I don't want to dwell on this just forever, but um, the other two things that I want to say about slavery in the Bible, and I'm sure that well, you know, we can talk about this more later. But first of all, ancient slavery is not like American slavery in the 1800s, which is usually how we conceptualize it. You know, it wasn't racial, for example, in the same way that it was in America, because in America it was about being black, having black skin, and being descended from. You know, peoples in Africa Um, and in the ancient world it was a lot more like well you know you fought against us when we conquered your territory and so you're our slave and your kids might be our slave but then their kids might not be like it's a lot more fluid you can buy your way out of slavery a lot more easily the laws are a lot less rigid you know it's just a whole different system So, um, the way that you're thinking about it in the American sense is not 100% accurate, except for obviously the the baseline of your own as a person. Uh, and the second thing is that people did not question slavery. Like it was not like an option to abolish it. It was just kind of a part of life and it like sucks and you don't want it to happen. But like, what are you going to do is the view that people would have had. It, it may have been more like, you know, Joseph got demoted to a minimum wage job and now has like a super predatory landlord. And it's like, oh man, that sucks. Like you don't want that to happen. Like, wish he could get out of that situation. But like no one is no one is saying abolish the institution as a whole.
0: So those are my things.
1: It's really a different way to look at it. I really liked your um comparison to a nineteen fifties housewife. That kind of put it in perspective for me.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a much better way to because you're right. Mm-hmm. His story makes it try to um, parallel it to mm-hmm. slavery that we know in, like, I guess you could say, modern times,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's not at all. Mm-mm. I mean, obviously similarities, but not right the same.
1: Right. Yeah, that was a great way to explain it, Mike. <laughs> Honestly, you. ten out of ten. I work yeah. really hard on <laughs> these
0: things, you guys.
1: I'm cheers. I'm. We'll drink to you.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, in Genesis thirty-nine six, it says, "Now Joseph was well built and handsome." And I fucking love that line.
1: Just like Mike.
2: Oh my god, Heather, I was not even fishing for that.
1: I mean, you've been I, working now. I You're you Look at your gonna... arms. Oh, damn, Mike, look at those arms. <laughs> You're in your mesh
0: little crop top. Ooh. It's it's not, a, not crop a crop top, top. <laughs> it's just mesh. <laughs> That's the <a> best <big> part.
2: <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, that will be cut. But yes, I I have been working out. I still have noodle arms and noodle legs. But thank you for noticing.
0: Mm -hmm. I disagree. You look
1: amazing. So
2: Joseph is well built and handsome. Um, Yeah,
0: he is. Like Mike.
2: (laughs) And I fucking love that line. Because it's just saying, anyway, this dude was also like fucking hot. And it's like, Jesus Mm -hmm. Bible, put it away. Mm -hmm. Jesus Bible. (laughs) Jesus Bible. (laughs) Uh, And also like, you know, fine, Joseph slash Donny Osmond, like, might have been a gay awakening. But, like, we'll talk about that more in a minute.
0: Um, which, honestly, can we take a break and do a Donnie Osmond fact?
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I grew up watching the Donnie Marie show.
0: Did you guys know? This is one of my favorite facts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you
0: guys know? It's so stupid. Hold somebody, on, let me get my drink. <laughs> somebody put this on the internet and, found, and thought this was interesting. Did you know that Donnie licks the salt off of his pretzels before he eats them?
2: Oh <laughs> I my did not
0: know that.
2: God. That is such a good fact. Oh,
0: like that is so hot. <laughs> so I'm just envisioning him with like a bag of pretzels and just be like eh eh Tara, you know oh, he, no. You know
2: he <laughs> breaks them into pieces and throws them. <laughs> so, oh, oh,
1: oh. No, I'm envisioning him with a huge soft pretzel from like Annie's Pretzels or something, just going down, pretzel, dipping it in the cheese sauce, you know, and it's dripping down his chin. That's oh. <laughs> like, so gross. It's <laughs> like covering
2: in a nacho cheese. Okay, <laughs> anyway. <It's all> right. <laughs>
0: It's like the scene from Flashdance with the with the water <laughs> with the but cheese it's with, it's with cheese cheese. Um,
2: anyway, it is.
1: Relevant. I don't even remember what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> well, we're talking about Donny Osmond and his proclivity to lick pretzels, which is relevant relevant to the tale oh, yeah. because he is such a fine tight piece of male booty that Potiphar's wife is like. She Mm -hmm. is looking at Mm -hmm. him. She is wanting him. She is lusting for him.
1: I mean, you've seen pictures of Donny Osmond in his younger days, right?
2: Oh. Oh.
1: Yes.
2: Put a pin in that thought, please. Put a pin in it.
1: I mean, I was there. I'm just saying. I mean,
2: we're going to go. We're going to. Anyway. So Diving um, deep. (laughs) Potiphar's wife, she asks Joseph to come to bed with her.
1: Yeah, she does.
2: And he refuses because Potiphar has trusted him with everything. And it would be... uh, a betrayal of Potiphar's trust, but it would also be a sin against God. So he's being very virtuous, and she's just, like, thrusting her lady parts at him. And um, Wait,
1: is he allowed to say no? So, is, he's a slave?
2: Which is a fascinating predicament. Because he's I, not
0: her slave?
2: Yes. Oh, because technically point, he Tara. is Potiphar's slave, and because as a woman, Potiphar's wife would be his property, too. So that's just property on property crime.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, all of it is terrible and dehumanizing and all the institutions okay. are terrible and dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she keeps trying, he keeps refusing and he tries to actually stay away from her. In the Bible she goes without a name. In the Quran the Islamic tradition calls her Zuleika which is a pretty name. But um, That's pretty. in the Quran she gets super obsessed with Joseph and her friends make fun of her because like Obviously, she is an Egyptian woman of some status. She's married to a very important Egyptian man. And she's, like, obsessed with this Hebrew slave who is inferior to her in, like, a million and one ways. And so they're like, ha you like this loser. And uh, so what she does is she brings all her friends in for lunch, and she gives them oranges. And the way that they're supposed to eat the oranges is with sharp knives. So she gets them all sharp knives. And then she has Joseph come to wait on them. And he's so sexy that the women get distracted and they start cutting themselves with the knives as they're trying to eat their oranges because they're so distracted. And by the Mm -hmm. end of it, they're like, oh, this is what you meant. This is, okay, no, Mm -hmm. okay, you're right. Damn.
1: And you're like, I told you, bitches. (laughs) So they're bleeding all
0: over the place.
2: And Joseph is just sitting in the corner licking a pretzel. And they're like, (laughs) squoosh.
0: I don't know if They still have their, Donnie and Marie still have their show at the Flamingo. I'm assuming they they do
1: not. 11 years running, it is over now.
0: Um, However, when he still was at the Flamingo, he used to, at the, um, like after rehearsals or like before shows and stuff like that, he used to jump on tabletops and dance for women at the Flamingo. Nice. So hmm Like huh. our buddy Joseph. He made some women probably cut their oranges a little too deep. Oh, yeah. The you go. Mm-hmm. go Donnie. go Joseph. I'm really rocking these Donnie facts. Yeah,
1: you are. You, are.
0: you get you guys can let's go ahead we and can, sit down. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys obviously are not my level.
2: Mm-mm. No, obviously not my closest thing to a Donny Osmond fun fact was talking about how Joseph has a lot of brothers and Donnie Osmond has a lot of brothers because he has eight siblings and only one of them is a sister. That's not really that fun of a fact. And Tara is just like fucking creaming me like corn at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the Bible, one day she's trying to get into his loincloth. Yeah, she is. And she grabs his cloak and he runs mm-hmm. away, and his cloak comes off. So she shows oh. her servants, and is like, he came in to rape me. But then I started screaming, so he ran off. And that's what happened. That's why I have his cloak, and that's why he's gallivanting around naked. Just, oh. like, straight up frames him for rape.
1: Lies. Okay, that's not cool. Isn't that super Lies. not cool? That is not cool, because, I don't know, I have thoughts and feelings.
2: Yes, absolutely. It,
1: like, downplays the the women that really do get raped.
2: Yes, and I feel like it happens it happens really fast in the Bible, of course, so we don't really like get to dive into it. She is absolutely portrayed as the villain in the story as we will see in the upcoming video clip. But I feel like a lot of things are going unsaid too that don't necessarily exculpate her, but at least we like cut her a little bit of slack. I'm tempted to cut her a little bit of slack because She, like, yes, is framing him for a crime, and she absolutely has more power than he does. Even though she's also Potiphar's property, Potiphar's probably going to listen to his wife over a slave. I mean, maybe. Maybe he trusts Joseph more than her, but maybe not. Good hope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But she is also property, and her livelihood and reputation are also very bound to her husband's view of her. So I feel like... It is not inconceivable that she tries to get into Joseph's pants because she kind of can't help herself. And then Joseph goes to Potiphar and is like, you're fucking skank wife. And that that creates negative ramifications for her. So maybe it was like a, you know, she acts on impulse and then she's trying to defend herself. That does not make any of it okay. As you say, Heather, Mm it still is like very much minimizing the experiences of women who actually do have this crime perpetrated on them. Which is mm-hmm. extremely bad. But maybe there's more to her that we're not seeing and she's a woman being demonized in the Bible. Maybe.
1: That's my take. I get it. You're you're a good man.
2: <laughs> I want to cut her slack. I want to like Zuleika in some mm-hmm. way. Or I at least want her to be like a, like a Cruella de Vil where it's like oh she's a bitch but she's fierce. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I don't know
0: if I agree with Corella Deville being a bitch but fierce.
2: Specifically Glenn Close Just as it out Cruella de Okay, mm.
0: okay, there we go, okay.
2: Okay, so obviously Potiphar is furious about this. So he has Joseph thrown into the king's prison. It's interesting that apparently the punishment for rape was typically death, so it might be that Potiphar doubted the story or you know tried to spare Joseph in some way or maybe it's all a story and we shouldn't take the details that seriously but in any case Potiphar's pissed Joseph ends up in jail it is at this point that we're going to watch this movie clip i don't think that we can like legally like put the audio into the podcast but we're going to post this movie clip to our facebook group this is from the Donny Osmond movie of Joseph and the amazing technical
0: dream coat. I haven't seen this in so long. We got that mini skirt that Donnie's wearing. I'm loving it. Is that Joan Collins? It is Joan Collins. Joan Collins! I mean, she's like, what, 80? 90? She looks great. She's 110 now, so he looks completely disgusted. I know.
2: And, like, just to be clear, watching Potiphar's wife strip Donnie Osmond down was, like, a significant sexual awakening.
0: I mean, I am sexually awakened, and I feel like I'm in the <laughs> second awakening. Oh my- <laughs> hmm. oh,
1: whoop. And there it is. Oh. Oh, throw him back in a well. <laughs> <laughs> just like the ring. Yeah. This is just like it. the ring. Just like the ring. Glad he got rid of the go-go boots, though. Those nope. weren't doing oh, a thing yeah. for me. Uh,
2: so that is the video. Wow. So uh, what are your guys' initial
1: reactions to that? I can't get past the pasties, especially on Joan Collins. <laughs> Just, I mean, I mean, in that video clip, she, she knew what she wanted, and she was going for it, and damn the consequences. And Joseph was not a willing participant.
0: But it seemed like he was just laying there like he he was a slave.
2: I mean, he did say, I don't believe in free love.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Whatever I say is probably victim shaming. So I'm just like.
1: So did they or didn't they? Or was it it like attempted? Did she say attempted or did they or didn't they? Because in that video clip, I'm thinking they did
2: yeah it looks like they were like halfway through or something but in the bible remember mm-hmm. it's that he was walking away from her and she was grabbing him so it mm-hmm. was you know they never got anywhere and in the movie it's a lot more like risque it's a lot more like well we were literally right about yeah. to rock and roll and he heard something and
0: came mm-hmm. Potiphar that is came well it sounds like it. they were having an orgy yeah like yes. it looked like there were a lot
1: of participants
0: yeah yeah yeah, Potiphar sure. was like, scoozy! <laughs>
2: and honestly, like I love the song itself. Like I think it's really well orchestrated, the way that the tempo changes. Uh, I was texting my sisters about this because it turns out my mom was one of the narrators in the Joseph musical. I neglected to mention that. Joan before. Collins. No, she was a British <laughs> Ellen. My
1: mom, Joan Collins? was
2: <laughs> No, she wasn't Potiphar's okay. wife. She was the narrator. She was the British Ellen.
1: Wow.
2: But, um, That's cool. And my dad was pharaoh. Anyway, my sister texted me and was like, Potiphar was counting shekels in Houston below the bedroom. Uh, like, amazing. Classic. Uh, it's like Shrek, where it's oh, like it's terrible, good. but I love it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, I yes. just can't believe that your family like, knows this musical. I mean, I can, mm-hmm. but like it was always like a weird but then again I didn't grow up in a church like family, so well and
2: we're weird we camps. Like we're like the Vaughn traps.
0: You hate your life. I mean only a little.
2: <laughs> so okay. A few things that I wanna flag in this particular clip things like the fact that they use triangles to represent pyramids throughout um throughout that entire clip.
0: I- did see all the triangles.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a futuristic spin on them, you notice too?
0: Well, I mean, there was also telephones.
2: Yeah, yeah. And like, it, it's campy, it's goofy, it's meant to be theater. But I do want to take this opportunity to say that um, Egypt was a superpower in the ancient world, and that is not an exaggeration. They were immensely wealthy, immensely powerful, and, you know, they had the army, they had the gold. They were a huge fucking deal. And so all of the involvement of Egypt in Joseph's story, you know, it's kind of like having a Guatemalan boy who's like, by the way, I work, you know, under the Secretary of Defense now. And it's like, oh shit, this is like a very, very important person. And uh, like he's dealing with the upper echelons of Egyptian society. So the fancy of the superpower. Um, Also, First of all, everything's black and white until the wife comes in, which I just think is very artful. Um, the There is flagrant queer coating of all of Potiphar's other slaves, which I also think is interesting, especially because it's Pride Month.
1: Wait, what color was the wife wearing? I thought she was wearing black and white, too.
2: She was wearing black and white, but all of all of the lighting turns purple.
0: Oh, <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. I didn't either. Crazy. Let's watch it again. Yeah, let's watch again. Honestly, I
2: could watch it all day. But um I watched her undress him as a child and I was like this better not awaken anything in me. And it, and did. it
1: did. i
0: was just going to say and use flash it. listener. But
2: uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to, you know, Donnie looked pretty good in that.
2: Clip. Donnie looked real good in that clip.
1: He looked really good. Do I have a fact.
2: Yes, laid on us um will it help us to objectify Donnie osmond
0: i was just gonna say actually it has to do with you saying that you guys just sang a lot as a family i was gonna say did you know that Donnie bursts into song mid-conversation and loves to launch into remember when it's your thing and the osmond brothers 1972 rock hit crazy horses within the span of a half an hour chat
2: that does sound like my family.
1: Did you also know that Donnie <laughs> runs a successful home decor business?
0: <laughs> I did. <laughs> call not know Donnie
1: that. Osman Home. They aim for a transitional <laughs> aesthetic which he describes that ties a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> does anyone get that reference though, a little bit yes. country, a little bit rock and roll? Only because you said what? it last time. Yeah. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit of rock and roll. Basically the city meets country. Hmm.
2: Transitional. Do you know what I was remembering also when I was getting ice earlier? Is that Potiphar was played by a man named Marlin at our church who was also in charge of the children's choir and he is the origin of the gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee gotta pee, pee song. It's amazing to me the things that my this this'll be our cult song for this episode. Um, it's amazing to me what my parents would put up with when we were kids. We, um, so when we were in like a, the kids' Sunday school, the children's choir used to sing a song called Alleluia, and one half of the kids would sing Allelu, Allelu, allelu Alleluia, and the other half would say Praise ye, the Lord, Alleluia, Alleluia, allelu, 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 Praise ye, the Lord, and then you go back to Praise ye, the Lord, Alleluia, Praise ye, the Lord, Alleluia, praise, allelu, praise ye. But then, you know how when you like really have to pee, you're full of that like frenetic energy? Um, mm-hmm. In my family, we started going, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, pee praise the Lord. And sometimes when we were at work, because my desk was really, really far away from the bathroom, I would be like running to the bathroom as quickly as possible, and under my breath, I'd be going, gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee.
0: Gotta pee I've heard you do that.
2: Praise yeah. the
0: Lord, gotta pee, pee, praise the
2: Lord, gotta pee.
1: pee. Okay, because when my boys were little, we would sing a pee pee song, and it was very similar. Gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, 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 gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, pee, pee. Yeah, see, everybody does this. Gotta pee, gotta pee, 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 gotta pee, gotta pee, 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 It's just that ours was church-themed. Yeah, yours is church-themed, but I sometimes I still sing that in my head. Gotta pee, gotta pee, gotta pee, 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 Yeah. All right, Tara. Well, Tara, you have the you have pee-pee song after Arthur successfully pees in the potty.
0: I was just gonna say, mine, I guess, is like hip hop, where I'm like, pee in the potty pee in the potty like I guess you guys are wholesome, and I'm like, pee <laughs> in the party, pee in the party, pee in the party, and not your party. Well, and I feel like ours are more like a, I'm
2: trying to contain my energy. Yeah, I'm trying
1: like, not like, to pee my pants. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah. And Tara's like,
1: let it go. Yeah,
0: I'm like, this is your time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you celebrate the fact that we did not pee in the pants.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but okay, bringing it back to Potiphar I two more things that I want to say about the um, about this particular video clip. The first one is that Potiphar's relationship with his wife is interesting because in the movie, he has a really emotional response because she doesn't love him, and in the Bible, it's a lot more like he's pissed because Joseph is obviously breaking the rules, right? You don't fuck someone else's wife. That's really easy. So we are making it a lot more romantic than it is in the Bible. In the Bible, it seems to be a lot more like, you're not supposed to do this. Um, and the second thing I want to say is, in the Bible, it's a lot more malicious, and it's a lot more intentional, because she you know, just grabs him, and then his clothes fall off. And then it's like, well, shit, now I'm going to spread a rumor about why his clothes fell off. And in the movie, it looks like they're, she's like halfway through initiating sex with him and she gets caught and is like, uh, make a snap judgment. Like, I feel like Joseph ran out of here and he wasn't wearing that much clothing. That's weird. Anyway, is a lot less of a base for making up a horrific allegation about somebody. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely.
2: So um, obviously poor, poor Joseph locked up in a cell as the song goes. He's in prison, which blows, but God is still with him. So the warden really likes Joseph and he gives him some like middle management duties and stuff, which is pretty okay. This is where I mentioned that my cousin said that Joseph was super gay and was wearing a pride coat, uh, referring to the dream coat. And I was like, and he went to prison and made a lot of friends.
1: Sounds like Joseph is just well liked. Mm hmm. Everywhere he goes. God is with him. Mm -hmm.
2: So the king of Egypt gets pissed at his baker and his cupbearer, two different men. And so he throws them into the same prison as Joseph. Remember, Joseph is in the king's prison because of Potiphar's status. When Potiphar threw him in jail, he threw him in the king's jail. So Joseph, because he's kind of associated with middle management, he gets assigned to manage them. And both men have dreams on the same night. There's this hilarious line where apparently they're like moping. They're like pouting in the prison. And Joseph is like, why do you guys look sad today? And like, it can't be because your lives are ruined and you're trapped in prison. (laughs) Like, maybe you're moping because of your weird dreams. So they say that they had dreams. They need them interpreted, but there's nobody to interpret them. And as a side note, casual reminder that the ancient world thought of dreams as hugely important. They were divine You know, uh, they're completely impossible to explain by like you know the scientific ways at this point. And so, when someone has a dream, you're like, oh, like it must be the gods talking to you. It must be some like portent of the future. And so, if you have a dream that goes uninterpreted, you know, you it's like if astrology and psychology had a baby. But you need that dream to be interpreted so that you can understand your position in your own brain and your position in the universe, blah blah blah. So. It's a big deal that these guys want their dreams interpreted. Okay, so they had their dreams. Joseph is like, I'll take a crap at your dreams. Like, sure, whatever. Um, so I'm not going to try to summarize these because the text is just like super clear and paraphrasing it was, was very, very tedious. So I'm just going to say the passages. This is Genesis chapter 40, verses 9 through 15. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup into his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a, that is direct, Bible.
0: <laughs> I just feel like he's just constantly get, just getting fucked over. So I'm just kind of like, what? <laughs> so he said to the other people, like, you'll get to go back. But like, I'm fucked.
2: No, no, he said to the other guy, you're going to get to go back. Tell Pharaoh that I'm a nice guy. Like, talk me up to him oh, oh, so oh, that okay. I can get out of here.
0: Oh, oh he's like, okay. He's, like, trying to get people to do his dirty work. Like,
1: Yeah. Do, so yo, put in, in a good word for me. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go tell the mob boss that, like, I'm allowed to leave. Yeah.
2: yeah. He's like, I, I have done nothing work. wrong and get me out of here. He's like, since I was captured, I have not done anything to deserve being here. <laughs>
1: Or basically like every other person present, I'm innocent. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: So then the other dream is when, when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away at your flesh. So the first guy, it's like, you're going to get to go back to work. Tell Pharaoh about me. Get me out of here. The second guy's like, oh, no, you're fucked.
1: And you're going to get your eyes plucked out. (laughs) Like what, you're going to die in three days?
2: Yeah. Which is also a thing that happens in the ring, if I recall.
0: Uh, I think it's longer than that. Come on, Tara, throw me a bone.
1: I never watched the movie. I just saw the trailer of that freaky-ass oh girl God. crawling out of that. No, I will not watch those movies.
2: So, three days later is Pharaoh's birthday, and Joseph fucking called it. The cupbearer goes back to service, the baker gets executed, but the cupbearer does not keep his promise, and he forgets about Joseph. So Joseph God. is stuck in prison. <sighs> which blows...
0: How does he get
1: out? How can you forget about Joseph? I mean, not I mean, they not I mean his yeah. Life? Did they not look upon him? Maybe that's why they didn't want him out of, out of jail.
2: Yeah. Maybe he was like, this dude's going gone places. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we jump ahead two full years. So this is just two years that Joseph is stuck in, in prison. Jesus. Uh, Pharaoh has a dream that he is standing by the Nile. So the Nile has a whole lot of symbolism obviously, because it's the lifeblood of Egypt. I mean, without the Nile, there is no agriculture, there is no food, there is no Egypt. So this is a hugely important river. So Pharaoh has a dream, and this is uh, directly out of Genesis 41. He was standing by the Nile, when out of the river there came seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank and the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek fat cows, and then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing from a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream.
0: So basically, the slaves are going to eat the owners? I
1: think I remember this from the red tent movie. There was a movie?
0: There was a mini series. There was oh yeah,
1: mini-series.
0: It's honestly a Mm -hmm. great watch.
1: It really is. You should watch it.
2: Uh, as a side note, if you are watching Joseph and the Amazing Technical or Dreamcoat, along with our episode This Is Where the Pharaoh song happens, this is the song that my father sang.
1: Speaking of dreams, I had a dream last night that all my hair was falling out. Like, I would run my fingers through my hair and I would just like grab globs of hair. It was very
0: real, very Dude, traumatic, that's <laughs> terrifying.
1: And then, so in the morning, I asked Siri, What does it mean when you lose your hair? or Your hair falls out in your dream. And it's like basically you're scared of something. And I'm like, What in this? So I'm thinking, What am I scared of? I don't know what I'm scared of. Oh, Pharaoh's
2: makeup is everything. Yeah,
1: that is amazing. Oh, look at the quaff, the
0: Elvis Presley quaff. These dancers, your dad singing this is honestly the best visual. You have no idea. This gold lipstick. Oh, the blue chick
1: Oh, look at. Ooh, I'm just
2: obsessed with the narrator just like chilling and being like, I don't know, I'm part of the story.
1: Yeah.
2: Ooh, the dancing.
1: I'm just in love with the blue ladies.
2: You're obsessed with the blue ladies when Donnie Osmond's titties are hanging out like that?
1: Uh-huh. I love the... Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love the blue. Not gonna lie. Oh, those are bodysuits. I thought the blue was just painted on them. No, I'm, I'm disappointed.
2: Anyway, so first thoughts.
0: I mean, I felt like we had a lot of first thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I mean... Th- so could Joseph not really interpret the dreams? He was like cheating or No,
2: that's that's silliness for the for Okay. Cuz okay. what actually happens is the pharaoh is freaking out about this. He goes to the magicians and the wise men. They have no idea. And then the cupbearer hears about it and finally does remember Joseph and he's like, "I know this guy who really did really well with dreams." And so that's when that's when he comes by. And actually in the Bible, he says that he can't interpret the dream but God will give the answer that Pharaoh desires and then when Pharaoh tells him the dream and Pharaoh basically just repeats all of the details of the dream that we've already seen in the text the text just reiterates it then uh, then Joseph says the same dream there's going to be um, seven years of good harvest and then seven years of terrible, terrible famine that are so bad that nobody will remember the good years and that's what that means and notice that the number is magic. It's the it's lucky number seven. Yeah, so we have some numerology there too. But Joseph says that God sent the dream in two different ways. The cow way and the um, in the movie it's corn. I think in the um, new international version of the Bible, it was grain. But whatever, the crops. We saw it two different ways because God is so dead set on doing this. He's like, no, there's going to be like a fucking crazy famine. This is what we're doing. So Joseph says the pharaoh needs to find a wise man to be in charge of Egypt and to coordinate the grain stockpile to prepare for the famine. And pharaoh's like, you know your shit, it's got to be you. So he takes his signet ring and he puts it on Joseph, who uh, is 30 at this time. And uh, as of now, everyone except for pharaoh is beneath Joseph. Whoa.
1: Is he still considered a slave?
2: I don't think he is... It doesn't actually explicitly say whether he is ever freed. I don't know if he's freed. He definitely doesn't work for Potiphar anymore because he was thrown into prison. So I don't know if that makes him... I don't know where the freedom would have happened, but I don't think he's a slave anymore. It might have happened when Potiphar threw him in prison. It might have happened when Pharaoh took an interest. Okay. But in any case, his title now is... It could be governor, it could be like vizier, or in modern terms, kind of like prime minister. But, um, you know, Pharaoh is still Pharaoh. He's the king of Egypt. He's above Joseph. But Joseph is above everybody else, and Joseph handles all the shit. So it's just like what was happening with Potiphar, except it's all of Egypt instead of just Potiphar's household.
0: Okay. Potiphar is probably pissed.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like,
0: that dude tried to rape my wife. Yeah.
2: And, uh,. Notice, too, I mentioned that Egypt is just a superpower in the Middle East. Notice how this takes the superpower Egypt and puts it underneath one Hebrew man in the line of Abraham, right? So it would be um, kind of like I was talking earlier about how it's like one like Guatemalan man, someone from a far less powerful and less populous country who works for the Secretary of State. This would be kind of like the Guatemalan guy is now Vice President or President, someone who's yeah. handling shit in um in this other country, and that's a pretty flattering depiction when you think about it. From the Hebrews' perspective, they're like, "Remember when our guy was in charge of that huge fucking superpower that we're always looking over our shoulder at?" That's something that I thought about a lot during this telling.
0: But so he's the second most powerful man in the entire basically world, it seems like, and because Egypt is everything, and he doesn't go after Potiphar.
2: Yeah, um, there is not really any other. There's a. I'm not going to mention it until later. Uh, the name Potiphar comes back up, but it doesn't sound like he exacts any revenge, and it doesn't sound like Potiphar like has any say. Like it sounds like they just kind of parted ways, and I just I guess they just never spoke again. I don't know. Hmm.
0: hmm. I mean, honestly, he must be a man of God because I would mm-hmm. have completely been like, listen here you shithead.
1: Or, I was accused of doing your wife, so I might as well do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Heather's gonna fuck I mean, your fucking wives.
1: That's where I come from. <laughs> like, I was accused, I was punished, I might as a well little, do the crime. A
0: little double jeopardy yeah. <laughs> scenario. Heather's yeah. like, hide your kids, hide your wife.
1: It's Like, I didn't do it, but now I'm gonna.
2: Well, and it's worth saying, too, that it sounds like Potiphar and Joseph had a pretty harmonious relationship before So it makes sense that he's not like, we were friends and then we had a misunderstanding and then we had a falling out, but I'm going to come back to ruin your life. Like, maybe a little drastic. Mm -hmm. Pharaoh includes Joseph in public displays and everything. So he's like fully, it's not like Joseph is the puppet master behind the scenes. Joseph is like, people recognize him as being a huge fucking deal and Pharaoh gives him an Egyptian name. He names him Panea. And it seems that this is an Egyptian word, like it sounds Egyptian, it's not Hebrew, even though it's in the Hebrew Bible, but nobody knows what it means. Um, And for once, I'm not going to delve too deep into the name because this one is a pretty unnecessary rabbit hole. But suffice to say, Joseph has an Egyptian name now. Okay. Hmm. I do. So now I want to take just a sec to talk about the, uh, the history because there is no evidence of any of this. Um, none of it happening, there's no evidence of a Hebrew man rising into the echelons of Egyptian government there's no evidence of a famine like this necessarily okay well I guess there it's not that there are no evidences of famine but there's no evidences of like a seven year of plenty and then seven year famine in such a prescribed way if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. The, um, the closest thing might be Imhotep um who rose in the ranks similarly to Joseph and actually designed the first pyramid uh, before Imhotep pharaohs were, or they were kings. They weren't pharaohs at that time, but they were buried in these structures called mastabas, which are like rectangular buildings. And, uh, and Imhotep doesn't seem to have been royal or like important at all. Like he, it seems that he was a servant who rose through the ranks by merit alone and like did a lot of really good work for Pharaoh. And according to legends, he did help stockpile for a famine, but
0: isn't Emotep the bad guy in the Mummy? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like,
2: yeah, they literally he just reused his name. He wasn't even a pharaoh. He was just
1: important. No, he
0: was. He was
1: wasn't the... like a priest or high priest? He, or... he was
0: the second in command. He was the the person who was the right hand man to the pharaoh. And then he started having an affair with the pharaoh's wife. And he knew that he was having an affair with the Pharaoh's wife because they smudged her body, smudged makeup, her body makeup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Idiots. <laughs> Stupid. God. Isn't
2: that movie awesome? I've heard that movie's awesome. I've only seen fragments of it. Have you not it. seen it? I've only seen bits. I've seen like 20 minutes at a time.
0: If you want a sexual awakening, you look at Brendan Fraser in the movie The Mummy. Mm-hmm. He has weird mm-hmm. eyes. He looks yeah. like a leopard gecko. He does, but not in the movie The Mummy. Not in the movie The Mummy. That yeah. was like his best. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anyway, so, um, yes, Imhotep would probably be the closest thing to this version of Joseph. Obviously, Joseph doesn't build anything in the Bible. And Imhotep also lives, even if you buy the Bible's timeline, Imhotep lives like a thousand years before Joseph should have lived. So, like, it just, it doesn't really make any sense. Maybe the Israelites tried to map their guy onto Imhotep, but there's not really any evidence for that either. Like, all of this is kind of a wash, um, it seems like all of it is legend and it's really hard to nail any of it down so that's part of my um part of my disclaimer
0: your spiel
2: yeah because there's a lot of like well there were there was contact between ancient israel and egypt and it's like there was there was tons of contacts that's a really big deal for Exodus, but for this part of the story, for the Joseph story, there's really nothing that you can go on except that in general, there were foreign relations and Egypt like owned part of Israel for a while. Like, I don't know, man. So Pharaoh also gives Joseph a priestess from Heliopolis named Asanat and she's the daughter of Potipharah. So it's really unclear if that's Potiphar or if that's a different guy with the same name or what.
1: What do you mean he gives her to him? Like,
2: I mean, it's, like cattle. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, like,
1: Basically, are they married? Pharaoh or... has a
2: lot of power to be like, Hey, I think this is a good idea. So I don't know if he's like on a silver platter, like ties her up and hands her to Joseph. Or if it's like, uh, he has a word with the old man and the old man's going to marry her to you. And don't fucking ask any questions, old man, or else you'll be crossing the king of Egypt. You know what I mean? hmm So. Uh TBD on that. Uh, as Tara said in her episode, Asanat may be the daughter of Dina and Shechem. Shechem. Shechem.
1: Shechem. Shechem. I love that he returns.
2: Shechem. He does return. Because remember that Shechem and Dina fucked and it was like a yes, whole they deal. Did. And so part of as as Tara was talking about, there is um a subset of the belief that says that Asenath was Dina's illegitimate daughter in that telling Dina abandoned the baby in Egypt. And then the baby was adopted by Potiphar. And um, her name Asenath does not seem to be Hebrew. It seems to be Egyptian, but that would make sense, right? If she was adopted by Egyptians mm-hmm. and uh, note that this would mean that the baby that was otherwise unaccounted for that is Dina's baby gets to stay in the story. Which is a pretty, you know, like, otherwise, there's just like a baby floating around. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it kind of ties up the loose end of whatever did happen to Dina's kid. Oh, well, it must be this other person who married Joseph. And it also has the effect, Asenat is from the family of Abraham. So that means that Joseph's kids are going to have the right lineage on both sides. And they won't be half Egyptian.
1: And isn't Joseph Dina's brother, nephew? Brother. Uh,
2: yes, brother. brother. So, okay. so, um Asanad would be his niece. Yeah. Okay. Which is still
1: fucked up. Yeah. quick. I haven't even discussed the purple socks yet.
0: I have a fact to go along with your purple socks, though. <gasps> what is it? What do you want to? I think your facts should tell your purple sock fact.
1: I mean, it's just that he was well known for wearing purple socks on the Donnie and Marie show, basically.
0: Did you know that? It was Marie who picked out the purple socks and that she liked them so much that she, like, dared him to wear purple socks. And that's how the tradition came about.
1: And, of course, he has to accept the dare from his little sister.
0: Right. So, really, the purple sock tradition is Marie's fault.
1: It's Marie's fault good to know where are you where are you searching all these donny osmond facts because i'm not finding these all this good stuff literally
0: (laughs)
2: tara.blogspot.donnyosmondfacts.com
0: i went no literally i googled Donnie Osmond Fun Facts. And there's an article. That's two- what I did. And there's an article from two. And so I figured that you guys were doing that. And so I went down to like the 10th one. And there's an <laughs> article from 2009 that they interviewed Donnie and Marie. And they each had to give 25 random facts about each other.
1: That's probably the best article. It's probably the one you want to get your stuff from. That's amazing.
0: And one of my favorite facts from Marie is that. Because there's no context to it. Except, it, I assume people who are big fans might understand this. But all she says was, one time I stuck my thumb in Donnie's back that one time because he was being a butt. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What <laughs> one time. I know, I'm like... he was being, being a butt. No butt. Yeah. So I stuck my thumb in his back. And I'm like, that's a fact?
2: <laughs> so, to... Kind of summarize where we are. Joseph is super in it now. The famine is coming. He's fully Egyptianized with an Egyptian name and an Egyptian wife, at least like a a culturally Egyptian wife, if Asenath was adopted. And he's living his best life with like an insane amount of power. Uh, And they do have seven good years. So he handles a really, really plentiful stockpile. And Asenath, in those seven good years, has two sons. She, she has Manasseh and Ephraim. And then the famine comes, and it's fucking horrifying. All of the surrounding lands are starving. Only Egypt has food, because only Egypt knew in advance to stockpile. And all of the Egyptians are affected, of course, but uh, Joseph is selling the grain to everyone, so they're doing okay. He is literally selling them, and I'm like, why can't it be free? Maybe that's just the socialist in me. It's fine. We're all fine. But that's where we're going to stop for today. Is with the famine and full tilt and Joseph as the baller of Egypt.
0: Cool. So literally, they stockpiled, nobody has anything, and that's where we're stopping. It's like toilet paper
1: and COVID.
2: <laughs> literally, yes. Okay. And Joseph has Joseph just like slinks off to his cabinet and he's like scalping everybody mm-hmm. for like, you know, fifty bucks yep. a roll. Meanwhile, everyone in Egypt has a poopy butt. I'm
1: sorry. Well, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I'm sorry that I'm like this.
2: Um, so that's where we're gonna stop. We're gonna finish up Joseph's story next time, and you guys, the end of Joseph's story is the end of Genesis.
0: I never thought we'd get here.
2: Mm -mm. I also never thought we'd get here (laughs) because we're finishing up Genesis with our next episode that's going to be the start of a purposeful hiatus not like the hiatus that we took over the winter we're actually going to take a couple months to kind of breathe and to talk about the show and to think about our direction and you know how we how we want to move forward so penultimate episode is this one finale. (laughs) yeah for real
1: like our, our season finale.
2: Yeah, so we're pulling out all the stops for the next one.
1: I feel like, Mike, you should do a song and dance. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I could. Uh, Lord knows that I'm familiar enough with the Joseph You could, uh, you could
1: teach Tara and I some lyrics and choreography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> dun, 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 dun.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time for the finale of Holy Spirit's Season one
0: took us two years <laughs> it
2: took us one year it took us one year to one do what
0: 14 episodes 14 one and a half 15. Year. This, this is, is 16.
2: 16
0: yeah guys this is huge we are official we're finishing our first season mm, that's amazing mm, mm. so thank everyone for listening thank thank them thank,
2: thank you so you. much and we will catch you next time
0: bye
2: Wonderful. I do have a bonus segment. I'm going to try to make this as brief and clear as possible. Oh
0: lord, what is it? So, Can you just sing it? Yeah.
2: I cannot
0: sing Was it. it. about? I think that would
1: make it very interesting. We're going to talk
2: about the Bronze Age Collapse. Do, do,
1: do, do. We're going to talk about the bras? Bras? We're talking about bras? The Bronze Age Collapse. I don't need a bra. <laughs> Remember we covered that in episode one. <laughs>
0: We're talking about the bronze what
2: no we're talking about an event called the bronze age collapse. Oh, bronze
0: bronze age.
2: <laughs> oh my god
1: bronze age. and it collapsed I'm assuming it-
2: Bronze age <laughs> collapse. God. yes so um this is really important for the bible in like a macro sense it doesn't really affect like little things so here's what happens you get Israel in the middle Israel are our friends. They're our little guys. They are herding goats and stuff. We know this from the way that the Bible talks about them. If you go south, you get Egypt, which is, like I said, super rich. They have the pharaohs and they have the pyramids and they have those beautiful headdresses with the cobra coming out of the
1: forehead. Love it. It's gold. It's all gold.
2: Yeah. If you go to the east, you hit Mesopotamia, Assyria, and Babylon. And so they have the cuneiform tablets. They have the um, the lions with the head of a man. Like the art's really cool from those areas. And if you go north, you have the Hittite Empire. So that's depending on how you count Mesopotamia, uh, Assyria, Babylon. That's basically three superpowers on all three sides of ancient Israel. Okay. So what that means is that they spend their whole existence being kicked around by these major powers and usually they fall under egypt which is obviously why egypt is so damn important to um you know History. abraham went to egypt now joseph's going to egypt like there's a lot of egypt in the bible compared to mesopotamia and compared to the hittites but this event happens in like 1200 bce basically called the bronze age collapse and what happens is there is like probably a series of famines or something and all these people in the hittite empire which is in turkey all these greeks from nearby greece everybody runs out of food they all start rioting the hittite empire completely fucking falls apart except for like a little bit in the south which are the hittites that esau married And so all of these people, they call them the Sea Peoples, very ominously. The Sea Peoples come down and they destroy the Hittite Empire entirely. They beat the ever-loving shit out of Babylon. Assyria survives and Egypt fights them off, but barely. It's super weak because, you know, they had this famine and this huge, huge kind of insurrection situation. So after the Bronze Age collapse, the Greeks lost their writing system. They had a writing system until the collapse, and then they lost it. And it's not until they get a new writing system from the Phoenicians, which is the writing system that we know the Greeks to use. They had a different one before that. They lost it in the Bronze Age collapse. Um, They say that it was so huge, it was like the fall of Rome, but in the ancient world. It probably set humans back about a thousand
1: years. How can you lose your writing?
2: Well... Not everybody was literate in any given society, especially in the ancient world. What probably happened was everyone who could write either died or immediately became an exile and they didn't have the resources to like keep the tradition of writing going.
1: Okay, yeah. You know
2: what I mean? Our writing system is also far easier than older ones are, which is important to remember. But you know, can you imagine trying to teach a kid how to read, but you have no pens? or paper. And it's like, well, you can write in the mud, but like your kids aren't paying attention. They're also starving because you're refugees in like a random country and their dad's dead. And you're like trying to not get, you know, raided by another tribe that's over the hill. You know what I mean? Like people just get busy, (laughs) Um, but they, they fully lost their writing system. Interesting. And actually, so the Hittites were probably the ones who uh, fought against the Greeks in the Iliad. Like they're probably the ones that the Iliad talks about, and so we lost a lot of the history associated with like that battle and that war and all of this culture. So anyway, that that vacuum with all of these great powers falling apart. This is when Israel is like, no one is beating the shit out of me anymore. Maybe I will come up with my own culture and thrive. And this is when a lot of the biblical tradition starts. So that's that's what I wanted to
0: say. Oh, all because of the Bronze Collapse.
2: Yeah, the Bronze Age collapse was a huge part of the Israelites kind of self-determining and being like, okay, we're not a part of Egypt, we're our own thing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So out of all that destruction, we got that culture. Yeah, that's a way
2: to think of it. We lost a lot. But we did get something. So we got
0: something. I mean, that's sad.
2: And if you're interested in the ancient world in general, the Bronze Age collapse is super fucking interesting. There are a lot of kind of questions around exactly like who the Sea Peoples were and how they attacked and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But like the Hittites called the people um, to their west the Achaeawa, and the theories that the Achaeawa are the Achaean, which is what Homer calls the Greeks in the Iliad. Like they're super similar words. So, anyway. I was just reading about that a lot lately and I thought that I would mention it. Cool. So that's our bonus segment. Thank you for humoring me.
0: No, actually, that's way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you made it sound like it's going to (laughs) be like, yeah.
1: Dry toast.
2: (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time for our finale.
0: Thanks for having Bye. Uh,
2: Bye. -bye. Bye-bye.